and CU College, CU College. Who's excited to be here tonight? Y'all fired up? It's going to be great. Um, man, we were just talking backstage. We are like, man, the energy is electric tonight. I don't know if it's the Oompa Loompas in the atrium or not, but it's going to be it's gonna be great, guys. Man, it's a very special time in our church. It's our At The Movie series. Uh, starts this Sunday. We're excited about that. So Pastor Bill has something special for us. If you don't normally attend Church Unlimited, or if this is your first time, I really want to encourage you. Come out on Saturday night or Sunday, okay? Come out. Uh, get involved. Get excited because we're literally watching a movie in church, and there's free popcorn, right? So what church does that? What church does that? You know, and so it's just, it's crazy to me. I love it. The movie is one of my favorite times. But guys, uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Joey Weller. I'm actually the college pastor here at Church Unlimited. And I'm so excited to be here with you at the best place to be on Thursday nights. We truly believe that. And if it's your first time here, I want to just thank you from the bottom of my heart. Me and my wife, uh, we always say uh, the best thing and the most important thing you can give somebody is your time. It's very valuable, right? We all agree with that. And so the fact that you would spend your time here on a Thursday night, Man, it just means the world to us. And so thank you so much uh, for me, my wife, Dara, and our little daughter, Josie. Okay. Uh, she celebrated her birthday tonight. So she's all excited for it. But, uh, but yeah, her birthday is Sunday, but she said, Dad, I get the whole month. And I said, yes, ma'am. So uh, we're really excited uh, for tonight. Now, uh, tonight we're going to be talking about something that you might think is very, very simple. But I see us get so mixed up in the world, and I'm putting myself as us, okay? So maybe it's not you. Maybe I'm just talking to myself. But uh, I see myself as well. Get this so mixed up. Here's the deal. Is that there's a difference between listening to God and listening to the world. Have you ever noticed that? There's a difference between listening to God and listening to the world. I mean, you know, I'm saying this jokingly, but God's word sometimes contradicts what the world says is okay. Would you agree with that? And so for us, what does it look like for us to be quiet and listen? So if you're taking notes tonight, that's the title of tonight's message, is be quiet and listen. You're like, Joey, that seems very direct. Yes, exactly, because God was very direct to me in preparing this message to be quiet and listen. And so that is the title of tonight's notes. Once again, if you're taking notes, put that at the top because, you know, I've just been around and sometimes us, uh, we, we call ourselves Christ followers, but we don't necessarily uh, live that out. All right. And so maybe you've been there just like I have, you know, maybe you've been around uh, someone that, that's all about Jesus. that's inviting people to church. I mean, they're all about it, but they're not really living that way privately and you kind of know their private life, right? You know, uh, maybe it's that person that all over their TikTok and their social media and things like that, it's got the, the perfect Bible verse. And you're like, oh my goodness, you know, guys, you're thinking like, oh, she might be a Christian. And then you look at her actual profile and you're like, oh, I can't, I can't go that route, right? Like, like sometimes, sometimes the things we market ourselves as, as a Christ follower, we're actually living world follower, Right. And so we need to show uh, we need to show that we can be quiet and listen. Are we living a hundred percent authentic to what God wants us to live like, or are we living like what the world looks like? You know, to be very vulnerable with you, uh, just you know, probably about a decade ago, uh, a little bit longer than a decade ago, eleven years, I was at high school, and I was not living like a Christ follower, guys. Uh, I was put on the front, right? Like I, I knew Jesus, uh, known him since I was five years old. I, I knew uh, who he was. I knew just enough scripture, enough Bible to get by. You know, if somebody said something, I knew just enough uh, to do that. But I wasn't inviting people to church. Uh, I wasn't living that life. If there was something to drink, I would drink it. If there was something to smoke, I would smoke it. If there was something to go out and party yet, I would go out and party. Like there were the things that I was going out and doing, but still putting on the front like I was following Christ. You feel me? And so I was sharing with, with Jeremiah, one of our interns, just before this, I was like, dude, there's still people back in my hometown 
that think, you know, I'm crazy that I'm a pastor. Like they think it's crazy. They're like, how in the world could Joey ever be a pastor? Like those are people that I just don't surround myself with because they can't even fathom that somebody that used to do something like that could do something big in God's kingdom. Well, it's because I began to actually put, live a life with God first. And so for many of us, we put on that front and we can just get enough by without really feeling convicted. And we can actually put on a front like we're following God, but actually live like the world. And so tonight, I'm grateful that all throughout scripture, there's, there's guys and girls who, who make mistakes. And, and the reason that I'm grateful that, that God shows us people's mistakes is because we can actually learn from those. Amen. And so if you look all throughout scripture, you, you look at these guys that, man, were really followers after, after Christ. I mean, you look at guys like David. David was the, the king of Israel. He was the, the king of God's people. He was the anointed one. He was the man after God's own heart. And even David messed up. And God still used David in great ways. But tonight, what we're going to talk about is this guy named Moses. Now, everybody say Moses. Moses, some of y'all know about Moses, some of you don't. Moses was a guy who, when he was born, he actually should have been murdered at the time of birth, but God protected him and actually ended up allowing Moses to be raised up, to grow up in the palace of the man who was supposed to kill this dude. That's how God's protection was around Moses. Well, what ends up happening is Moses goes out, he actually murders somebody himself, he actually murders somebody, and then he runs off because he knows that what, what is a penalty for, for death would be that he's going to die. So he runs off, and he spends years away, ends up you know, going out and, and having a family, things like that, and God shows up. And him and God, Moses and God, actually have a conversation through a burning bush. And so some of us know this story. This is what happens when God says, Moses, Moses, check this out, Exodus 3, 7 through 10. It says, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard from crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So what's happening here? I'm going to finish in a moment. What's happening here is God is telling Moses, hey, by the way, Egypt, which you fled from years ago, I'm actually going to send you back and I'm going to have you lead them out of slavery. These people, I'm, I'm hearing their cries. I'm hearing their, their hearts saying, hey, we, we want out. We want freedom, right? And he's going, Moses, I'm going to use you in a very powerful way. He says, milk and honey. The one with the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Pisces, all the ites, right? And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go. Have you ever felt like God's word to you was very simple, but we complex it on our own? All he said was go. That's all he said. That's not even knows. All that God might be telling you tonight is go do that thing. Go. But you're making it all complex. Well, how am I going to afford it? How am I going to? Do you trust me enough to just go? That's my ask to you. Do you trust me enough to just go? And so, so now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So you, if I'm Moses, you're going to send me, God, to the man that knows I killed one of his slave drivers. Like you're going you're to send me back to where I fled from. And God's like, yep. You know why? Because it's going to cause faith for you to have to trust me. I'm not going to send you into something easy. I'm going to send you into something hard. Are you living a life that's easy? It's a question for you. Are you living a life that's easy? Or are you living a life that actually causes you to have to have faith? Because this life is not meant to be easy, guys. 
If you're not walking on faith, you're not walking with God. So we need to make sure that we are walking with faith. So that's what, that's what happens, happens with Moses. And Moses is like, he starts making up all these excuses. If you know the story, Moses is like, well, I mean, I'm not good enough. I've got kind of this, you know, like speech impediment. And so God, there's no way that you could use me. And God's like, no, I'm going to use you. So now go. So now go. And so Moses obviously had conversations with God. God uses Moses in powerful ways. We see all these different miracles happen. Moses is really the, the first example and, and kind of sign and thing that we point to, to what it looks like on what Jesus did on the cross, where Jesus gave his life for all of our sins to lead us out of the slavery of sin into the freedom that we have now after you give your life to Christ. You know, so M Moses, we see that he leads God's people out of slavery into the promised land. Does that make sense? And so for us, what can we look at Moses? Well, Moses had to have faith in God. So clearly he had had conversation after conversation after conversation with God. And so they had a relationship. So you would think that Moses of all people, this guy who had seen God do things, you know, miracle time and time again, was using him greatly uh, throughout to get the Israelites out of slavery. You would think that Moses would have faith like nobody else, right? But still Moses doesn't get it. So you go from the book of Exodus all the way to the book of Numbers and chapter 20. And this is really where we're going to land tonight and what it looks like on how we're going to hear God and the importance of hearing God and Moses' big mistake. Check this out. It says, Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. So first of all, like the glory of the Lord just appeared to these two guys. It's pretty phenomenal, right? <laughs> like, like, oh my goodness, it's crazy. Fell face down, the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron, gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock. Everybody say speak. It's important. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. It'll pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So the people were in need of water. Moses, his brother Aaron, go to God. The glory of God shines down. They, they end up talking with God, and God gives them the solution, but it wasn't the solution that Moses was actually looking for. See, what ends up happening is Moses goes over to that rock, and instead of speaking to the rock, Moses hits it with a staff. He hits it, and the water still flows out, and the people are still able to drink. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when you do things on your own, it'll still happen the way that God may have said it was going to happen, or it'll still be a good thing. Just because you disobey God doesn't necessarily, it's going to be a bad thing. But what it does mean is that you're living in disobedience with God. So check out what happens next. It says, but the Lord said to Moses, this is Numbers 20, verse 12, just four simple verses later. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me, to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring the community into the land I give them. Leave that up for a second, production. Leave that up. Because you did not trust me enough to honor me. So what was the lesson to Moses here? What was the test? It was, I want to see if you trust me enough to honor me, Moses. I want to see after all this time, where really have you stretched your faith? Where is your faith meter if there was such a thing? Because I want to see if you trust me. And guess what? You failed. I still did what I said I was going to do and provide water for all the cattle, the livestock, the, the people, right? I wasn't going to let them be without water because of your disobedience. But what I am going to do is teach you a valuable lesson and let you know that you will not bring this community into the land 
that I have promised to give them. And God kept his promise on that. The promised land that came from God, Moses never entered. And so for us, what is the lesson? Is that we better obey God. It's very, very simple. We better listen to God and we better obey. And so we see Moses do that. Moses, after this conversation, he had to have been like, man, man, like that was the lesson. You got to think nothing grows your faith more than when your dad says he's disappointed in you. And so Moses learned a very valuable lesson, something that we can take, but we do the same thing. You can take that down. We do the same thing. We try and take matters into our own hands with God. I mean, when I say that, you probably go to a time in your life where, where you did that, right? I wrote a couple things down. For me, you know, I, I mean, I know that I'm supposed to be going to the school. I know that God wants me to go to the school. I know that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a far away, and, and I know that, but I, God, I know you told me that, but I'm going to put everything into my hands and figure out the financing, figure out this, that, all the, I got to make sure everything's perfect and in a box and wrapped really pretty to where I can either show my parents or show myself that this is the right move. God doesn't necessarily always work in a pretty wrapped box. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a job. Maybe a job for you, it's got to be, you know, the perfect pay, the, the perfect uh, people, the perfect job. It can't be too far from your house. Too, why are you so worried about making it all perfect when God just says, go? God just says, go. So now go. What is something in your life that you're trying to make perfect before you just go and do it when it's something that God's already told you to do? I'm not saying when you lack clarity and peace. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is when you have peace about the situation of what you're supposed to be doing and you're trying to make it perfect on your end, why are you living life scared when God's already said, I'll protect you? Why are you doing that? You're not, you don't think I was scared to move my family 19 hours across the country? But I would say that it's working out pretty well for us. We love Corpus Christi, Texas. We love the community that's here. We can't imagine living, living anywhere else, even though I'm wearing Atlanta jersey, right? We can't imagine living anywhere else because we love it here. We love the people here. But I'll tell you, it was scary drive on the way here three and a half years ago going, God, I, I, I know you're telling me to do this, but is this really what we're supposed to do? If you're not having those conversations with God at least once a month, your faith is not big enough. What does your faith look like? How are you hearing from God? I broke down just that, oh, let me go back. You got to choose to hear God. It's a choice. It's a choice. You got to choose to hear God. You don't just wake up one day and, you know, all of a sudden hearing from God. No, you got to choose to hear God. You got to get into God's word. You got to be around the right people. That's why life groups are so important here at CU College, because when God really uses his word, be able to get something to you, but he will also use people around you to affirm what his word is saying to you. And so you have to choose to hear, God, check this out. When the world is throwing everything at you and more, you got to choose to hear God and you can't do it your way. Here's what the world would love for you to do. I just broke this down. If you're taking notes, it literally will just go down a row into a world, okay? Here, here's what the world, the WM world for me is, is that the world tells you to do whatever you want. Say whatever I want. That's what the world says. That's fun, right? Say whatever I want. Whatever I want is what the world says is okay. Disregard what is good for other people. Disregard serving. Disregard all that. If it's good for me and if it's what I want, that's what the world says is okay, right? Just do whatever you want. It's way better that way. Here's the O is offer yourself easily. And I'm not just saying uh, in relationships with, with opposite sex or with the same sex, whatever. I'm not saying that. 
What I am saying is offering yourself easily on social media, right? Maybe doing that same thing on, on TikTok or, or Instagram, whatever it is for you, offering yourself very easily to the things of this world. If your life looks the same as this world, then why would somebody follow you into following Jesus? So we can't offer ourselves easily, but the world says, no, just do whatever they do, whatever everybody else is doing. It's all good. Here's the R, react on your feelings. React on your feelings. Oh my goodness. Some of y'all guys and girls, y'all, y'all be, y'all be reacting on your feelings. Y'all getting a feeling, right? Just one of them. You're getting a feeling. You just react on it right away. Don't react on your feelings. The next time that you're about to go cray cray, wait like 12, 24, 48 a week. Okay. Wait, wait a long time until you react on those feelings. Why in the world would you allow yourself to make a mistake by saying a word or sending that text or putting that tweet out that will tear your life down? So many mistakes would not happen in our lives if we just wouldn't react on our feelings. Stay out of your emotions. Your emotions will not help you. It will not help you. Based off of, you know, what I love, Pastor Marcus Meekham, which he comes a lot. He comes at least once a year to speak to our church. Um, amazing pastor. One of the things that I heard him say in a, a message that he spoke here to our staff was, you know, at the end of the day, you need to bring facts, not feelings. So when you're in a relationship issue, whether it's with a friendship or in a relationship or whatever, don't bring your feelings to the like solution time, right? You bring your feelings to God. You, you don't need to bring your feelings to the solution. What Darren and I are having an issue or a tension, as we call it, in our marriage, right? Um, which happens, you know? Like, you have a tension. We're not perfect. When we have a tension, we don't bring our feelings about how we feel towards each other. We bring our feelings about how we feel towards the tension, and then we bring a solution on how to fix that tension. Does that make sense? If we could just do that, but so often, man, we want to be right. That's where it comes down to. And so you have to not react to your feelings, okay? But that, that's what the world, the world says react to your feelings, okay? So just go ahead and do that. You'll be fine. Here's the L. Live like everyone else. Oh my goodness. Live like everyone else. You see somebody else doing something, do it. Why not? Oh, they're on, st- they're, you know, they're on social media. They're dancing like crazy to, to WAP and they're singing all the words. Man, go ahead and do that. Why not? They're, everybody else is doing it. Joey, you're so old school. You're, everybody else is doing it. It's fine. It's fine. I might as well just show off everything anyway because that's what everybody else is doing. We can't live like everyone else. We're not called to live like everyone else. We are not made for this world. So why in the world would we want to look like this world? The world is not good to us, guys. And I'm talking to if you're, if you're a Christ follower already or you're not. The world is not good for you. As, as much as it would like to tell you, it really loves to tell you that it's good for you. It's not. We got to live like no one else, but the world says to live like everyone else. Here's the, here's the last one. Here's the D. Do it for yourself. Do it for yourself. It's all about me, me, right? We, we already talked about doing whatever I want. So do it for yourself. Everything's about me. Guys, this is such a dangerous way to live. Some of y'all have been living like a, a life that's all about me, right? It's all about me. Man, how much money I can make, how many cars I can have, right? Like getting into a house. As long as life is about me, I surround myself with the relationships that are gonna be all about me, then I'm good, right? We have to be very, very careful of that. Do not live a life that is about you, but the world says do it for yourself, so why not? But that's what the world says. How does it look to hear from God? And so if you're doing it, just skip a line, put the H here. That's his word. We already talked about it. Go to God's word when you're, when you're facing big, deci- big decisions. Go to God's word. God's word is a breathing book, right? Like it is a living book. 
And so when you go to God's word, I can't tell you how many times, and it's, it's very weird, but when you go to God's word with an issue, you, you could read the same passage of, passage of scripture that you read six months ago, but it's something brand new that pops off the page. You ever notice that? Because it's about what you're going through, right? It's for what you're going through at that time. So you're going to get something out of a passage that somebody else might not get. You're going to be able to share about what God's speaking to you. And so for many of us, God's word is the last thing we go to, and Twitter is the first thing we go to. Let's not do that. We got to go to God's word. E is this, experiences. Experiences. What have you learned in your past about a thing or a person? Let me go and say, if you are dating somebody for the third or fourth time, break up with them and move on. I don't care if you break up right now. You can go and break up right now in the service. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'll wait. Nobody, huh? I always say whenever I do that, there's going to be one and the girl's just going to run out crying, right? Like, that's what's going to happen. Or maybe the guy, probably the guy. Experiences, right? Guys, we have to look through what the experiences that God has allowed us to be a part of. They are so crucial. They are so crucial. What is your past experience? What has it taught you about that thing? Guess what? If you didn't like your major two years ago, you're not going to like your major now. And so why would you go back to that thing? But it pays really good. Yeah. You'll also hate life in five years, and you'll still be paying off that debt. What does your experiences look like? Let's look at that. Here's the A. Make sure you ask. You ask. Your prayer life. Have you intentionally prayed and waited long enough for God to answer you? I'm not saying, God, I'm really praying about this move. Amen. Uh, all right, U-Haul. Um, we're going... Have you waited long enough for God to answer you? What does your prayer life look like? It's always funny, and maybe this only happens in the, in the ministry world. I don't know, but maybe because we end everything in prayer, right? Like when, when I call somebody and I'm like, hey, um, you know, like we're, you know, we're hiring for this position or whatever, if we're hiring for a position, and <laughs> it's always funny. I'll hear some people go, okay, well, I'll pray about it. I'll get back with you in two days. I'm like, so God works on 48-hour timeline, right? Like, I just didn't know. I didn't know that. You know, maybe it's different for you than me, but God doesn't necessarily always work on a 48 hour timeline to me. Now, sometimes it's very quick and evident, but then sometimes it takes time. Have you waited long enough to actually hear from God and not just talk to God? Because God might be waiting for you to shut your mouth. You have to be quiet and listen. That's huge. And then here's the R's relationships. Guys, you got to get some people around you who love you people who are for you, people who want the best for you. I'm not talking about that person that's in your friend group that's like a Judas who has it out for you. I'm talking about the person who is like a brother or a sister right next to you going, hey, I'm going to cheer you on. I'm going to keep you going. I'm going to get you into the right way, into the right time, into the right season because I care so much about you. You got to have the right relationships around you guys. You have to. If you want to hear from God, you got to be in his word. You got to look at your past experiences. You got to be in prayer life, but you got to be around relationships. It breaks my heart whenever I see a, you know, a person, whether it's a teenager, a young adult, an adult, who comes back. We're having a lot of adults come back now because of COVID, right? They're, they're them and their families out. I see them and they're like, you know, me and God, we're just not clicking. Like, where did God go? Like, God didn't go anywhere. I didn't go anywhere. You're the one who changed what you were doing. So like, man, we used to be so close. Okay, well, what were you doing? I was in his word every day. I was in prayer. I was around the right people. Okay, 
Well, go back to doing that and I bet God will show up in your life. Because God's waiting on you. It's not the other way around. Guys, we got to be quiet and listen. I want everybody to bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe tonight is a wake-up call for you. Maybe tonight, it's not a, a huge revelation. It's a pretty simple message. I felt more like I was talking to you at a coffee shop than preaching a sermon. But one thing that I don't want you to walk out of here tonight is not realizing how important it is to just sit in the stillness of God and listen to him. You know, maybe, like I said, tonight was a wake-up call for you. Maybe you walked in here and you have been doing life your own way. Maybe you've been doing what the world says. I want you to know I'm not here to judge you, and I won't judge you. I just want to plead with you on God's behalf. Come home to him. And so if that's you, if you walked in here tonight and you, you got a wake-up call, would you just raise your hand? Nobody's looking around, but I just want to pray for you. You can go ahead and raise your hand right now. If you got a wake-up call right now, I see you. I see you. Go ahead and raise it. I see you. You ain't going to feel embarrassed. I see you. I see you. I see you. You can put your hands down. I'm praying for you. And I want you to know I mean that. I mean that. See, maybe tonight you walked in and you don't know Christ. You don't know Jesus. You know, Jesus Christ, he left heaven. He came to earth. He was perfect. He walked just like we walked. He performed all these miracles. But the coolest thing that Jesus did was that he gave his life for you and I. He died and then three days later, he rose back to life. And all that is asked of us to spend eternity with him in heaven is that we confess with our mouth that he's Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. Scripture says that we're saved if we do that. And so tonight, if that's something you want to do, you don't know Jesus, I want you to say this prayer with me. But I want everybody to say it because we never want anybody to say it alone. So would everybody say this with me? Say, dear Jesus, I need you. I know I'm a sinner. Please come into my heart. Transform my life. I choose you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus for saving me. If that was you, for the first, only, and last time, and you just said that prayer, would you please just raise your hand right now if you just said yes to Jesus? In fact, don't even raise your hand. Just look up at me. Just look at me. And you just smile. I see you back there. You just look at me. I see you. I want to make sure I'm not missing anybody. That's awesome. If you're looking at me, you just come find me right after service. You can find Matt. He's one of our associates here at CU College, one of our student directors. If you find Macy, anybody, come and talk with us. We have some things we want to get to you. Let you know how excited we are for you. Everybody look up at me. You can go ahead and stand up. You know, tonight, I know that it was a, uh, I know that it was a simple message, but my prayer this whole week leading up to Thursday night as we've had at the movies build week this whole atrium got redone and it was kind of a busy week I don't know if anybody else had a busy week it was kind of a busy week 
And my whole just prayer for this week was, God, I pray that you give us a wake-up call, myself included. And so for, for those that raise your hand, thank you so much. Thank you so much. But I want you to know that I'm praying for each and every one of you. Because even though it's summertime, it's still busy time, right? And I think some of us, I mean, we need that. We need to know that it's okay to just sit in the stillness of God. And so this week, I'm gonna give you a challenge, okay? I'm gonna give you a challenge before next Thursday. It's one simple thing. I want you at some point over this week to just spend 30 minutes. I know that sounds like a long time, but it's really not. It'll fly by. Spend 30 minutes with your phone on airplane mode, with a Bible. You could do it wherever. You could do it out of the beach. You could do it at your apartment. You could do it at your house. You can do it wherever. But just time where it's just you and God. And just go ahead. If you need somewhere to start, start in the book of James. James 1. New Testament, very simple. But just spend time with God. Read a verse. Pray to God, God what, are you, what are you trying to get to me? Have a journal there and then just write down notes. Whatever it is, right? So just, that's all, it's your only one assignment, okay? So I'm not trying to give you college assignments during the summer, okay? But it's one assignment. Y'all think you can do that? Here's what I want you to do. With that, if it's not too personal, because some of y'all, God's going to reveal some personal things to you. It's going to be awesome. It's not too personal. I want you to share on your social media about that time that you're having. It could be via video if you're not comfortable with that. and just be a little, a, a short thing. Man, this is what God was teaching me this week. And just tag CU College. And if you don't feel comfortable with that, it's all good. Come and talk with me in person. I want to hear about what God's doing in your life. Me and my wife, we've given our life to this. We want to be able to hear what God's doing in yours. Amen. Let me pray for us. We're going to get back into worship. Dear God, thank you for tonight. God, my prayer, like I said this whole week, that you just give us a wake-up call. You would give us a freshness, a newness for our relationship with you. What it looks like for us to be living a life that is abnormal to the world. God, you said it yourself. We are not of this world. We were made for something different. And so my prayer for every single person that's in this room is that if we've been living like the world, please help us correct that. Please surround us with the right people to help us do better. God, we're, always, we're all and always will be in progress because none of us are perfect. So I just pray that we continue to progress to look more like your son, Jesus. God, I pray in this time of worship that as we sing about how you're our champion, about all that you did for us, God, I pray that we would, many of us, if we need to, come down to this stage, to the altar, get down on our knees, cry out to you, God. God, I pray that we wouldn't get so caught up in the, the lights and the words on the screen, but we would get caught up in your presence. God, I pray in this moment that for many of us, Maybe we've struggled to find what it looks like to have a relationship with you. That we're able to worship you as a son or daughter right now. Jesus, we love you. We're grateful for you. We ask it all in your name. Amen.